What's going on, guys? It's Danny from Fantasy Stock Exchange here, bringing you another waiver wire video to the channel. So this will actually be the top waiver priority options or waiver wire options uh, going into week four. So again, we just finished up week three of football. We're actually, I'm actually recording this prior to the uh, Monday night football game against the Chief, uh, Chiefs versus Ravens. So uh, I'll mention it in the video, but keep an eye out on uh, any potential outcomes in those, in that matchup. But yeah, just going to be going over my top options at the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end positions. And then wrapping up with my top, defensive streamers for this week so just excited to get into this i mean recording this i mean my cowboys lost a shootout against uh against the seattle seahawks i mean nothing you can do there our, our defense is literally shredded cheese but hey at least i had uh russell wilson in one of my leagues that ended up getting 37 points against my pathetic defense but not going to get into a little cowboys rant right now because you know I, i'm so excited for the season i still think that we can actually get some wins over these next few weeks but Anyways, this is about the top waivers, about helping you guys win your leagues. Not about me talking about my Cowboys, but uh, yeah, definitely an exciting week of football. Obviously, we saw uh, the outcome with the Seahawks game. I mean, we saw a, a, an exciting Chargers-Panthers uh, end. I mean, how, how, do you, how do you miss that pitch, Keenan Allen to Austin Eckler? That was a walk-in touchdown. Um, we saw an exciting Thursday night game for, for flat out. I mean, I'm going to be mentioning one of the quarterbacks in that game in particular, and uh, I will say it on the winning side of the beards versus mustache debate in Ryan Fitzpatrick, but you'll hear all that. But before we do that, I'm going to hit the intro. Okay, so as I mentioned, we're actually going to start off with the quarterback position. And uh, before we get into Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, I'm going to mention the number one quarterback of the week. And that's going to be Justin Herbert from the Los Angeles Chargers. So he currently has a 21% ownership, according to Yahoo. And uh, just glossing over his week three stat line versus the Carolina Panthers, you see 330 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception, a little bit, of, a little bit on the ground as well, three carries for 15 yards. Not a great overall day. I mean, 14.7 points in default four-point leagues. But the what you see from uh, Justin Herbert, as I'm going to get into, is he is a huge upgrade for the offense over what we saw Tyrod Taylor, Taylor able to do in week one uh, prior to getting hurt. So uh, looking at the matchup in week four, I mean, you're not going to start him against Tampa Bay. If you're actually looking at what Tampa Bay has been able to do over these first three weeks, they're currently the DST nine on the season. And they've been able to limit opposing quarterbacks to 11.21 fantasy points per game. Yeah. If you get Herbert on your waiver wire, my advice would be to sit him for this particular matchup. And maybe if you need a, uh, a must start for this week, I would advise going with a different option, as I'll mention a couple other options after him. But to me, Herbert has looked great since filling in for the injured Tyrod Taylor. And at this point, I just don't see a way he actually relinquishes the job back to Taylor. Uh, I mean, following this week, the cha the Chargers are able to get the Saints, who haven't actually played that great against the quarterback position thus far. The Jets, who we all know are a dumpster fire of an organization. The Dolphins and the Jaguars, all in a row, and they've actually all struggled, as I said, against the quarterback position to start their year. So while you'll you'll want to bench them against Tampa Bay because again they're a very stingy defense at this point. Um, I believe that Herbert can give you top fifteen type upside uh, past that week. So 
if you're looking at Justin Herbert as a player, I mean, rocket arm adds a little bit to uh, on the rushing game, as I mentioned. I mean, three carries for 15 yards isn't nothing to sneeze at. I mean, uh, overall, with Justin Herbert, what I can kind of compare him to in terms of what type of role he might be able to have. I mean, if you look at what Josh or uh, Daniel Jones was able to do last year, Josh Allen the year before, I mean, they're not always going to be the most consistent guys, but in terms of rushing ability, in terms of overall big arm, I do believe that Justin Herbert has a lot of potential if he's able to hold on to his job. If you're talking about fab potential, I wouldn't go more than about 3 to 5% again. But for, for me, Justin Herbert is the top pickup because of the long-term quarterback two potential that he has given that little bit of rushing upside and again as i mentioned that big arm that he does possess so if you're talking about more immediate options i'm actually going to the number two pickup of the week and that's going to be ryan fitzpatrick quarterback from miami he's currently owned in seven percent of leagues very low number but if you're actually looking over the week three thursday night game that he had against the jacksonville jaguars 160 passing yards and two passing touchdowns with no interceptions and then i mean fitzmagic was literally uh, all over the place in the rushing game as well. But seven carries for 38 yards and one rushing touchdown. If you're actually putting the overall output of the week for him, 24.7 points in default four-point passing touchdown league. So week four, as favorable a matchup as you could imagine, he faces the Seattle Seahawks. So the Seattle secondary has been absolutely shredded in the first three weeks of the season by the Falcons, the Patriots, and the Cowboys. They... This is astonishing when I saw this. They allow 28.65 fantasy points per game to the quarterback position so far this season. By far the lowest in the league so far. So, I mean, Fitzpatrick, he's coming off back-to-back 20-plus point performances after the shaky week one that he had. And, I mean, he'll be looking to add to the list that includes Matt Ryan, uh, Dak Prescott, and Cam Newton over those first three weeks to actually combat against that Seahawks defense. The reason why I'm confident in Ryan Fitzpatrick being able to do so is, A, as I mentioned, the Seahawks secondary just hasn't been playing too well. Again, they've averaged giving up over 400 passing yards per game, which is pretty ridiculous to think of. But if you're actually looking at it from an actual game script perspective, he's going to have to try to keep pace with what Russell Wilson, the current MVP front runner, and that efficient, dynamic Seahawks offense is going to be able to do against that Miami defense. So in a game where Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be put under the test to try to keep up with a guy like Russell Wilson, he's going to be throwing the ball a lot more than the 20 times he did against the Jaguars. And ultimately, due to volume and due to that sneaky little bit of rushing upside, as I mentioned, Ryan Fitzpatrick, to me, is a man on the mission. And, I mean, these past two weeks haven't proven you enough. I mean, you got a rookie top five overall pick behind you. You want to play your best football. But in that matchup against the Seahawks, I just don't really see a way I can't rank him in the top 12 currently. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he had another top 10 week, to put it simple. So if you're mentioning fat percentage, again, this is a, a more shorter-term option, in my opinion. I don't necessarily trust Fitzpatrick in the long term because I do think that Tua does play at some point this year. Um whether that's week eight, week 10, whatever, I do think he ends up coming in. But if you're looking for a few wins in the short term, I mean, three to 5% similar to Herbert. The reason why I have Herbert ranked a little bit higher is because of the longer term outlook, in my opinion. But if you're talking about a few wins in the upcoming weeks, three to 5% on a guy like Fitzpatrick mentioned that match against Seattle. I do think he's going to give you top 10 type upside this week. So perfectly fine with burning that fab budget on him. So uh, honorable mentions at the quarterback position, not really going to go too in depth on these guys, but if you're looking at it, Big Dick Nick Foles himself, quarterback from the Chicago Bears. We all know him by now. Actually led the Philadelphia Eagles to their first Super Bowl championship. I mean, they could – a little jab there. I have to throw a jab at Carson once. But 
they could use him right now with that 0-2-1 record they're currently rocking, but he's only owned in 3% leagues, and he's actually going against the Colts this week. And uh, what we actually saw from uh, Nick Foles when he actually stepped in, I mean, he stepped in when the team, uh, the Bears were actually down 26-10 to the Falcons, ended up leading them back on a ferocious comeback attempt. We saw his rapport that he had with Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, and Jimmy Graham. I mean, that offense was humming when he when he stepped in, and at 3% ownership, he's definitely worth a waiver pickup, in my opinion. And Teddy Bridgewater, I know he hasn't been playing great to start the season, uh, but he's currently owned in 17% of leagues. And given the overall weapons that he has on the outside, I mean, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel in particular, um, that match against Arizona, I do think that he's going to be put under the test to actually try to combat Kyler Murray and that high-flying Cardinals offense on the other side. So you can definitely see that being a sneaky shootout potential. And Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, he's had – bad bad luck recently to be quite honest i mean he's throwing the ball a ton but frankly he hasn't been able to find the end zone mostly so um i'll definitely if i can get him for free maybe one buck i definitely would take a flyer on a guy like teddy bridgewater if you have no better options so going into the next position we're going to be talking about the running backs the meat and potatoes of every fantasy football team unless you're doing zero rb everybody loves having a good stable running back so being able to find and spot the ones that are able to help your fantasy team are crucial especially when you're talking about both obviously in the draft but waiver wire is very very important in that regard because we see studs come out of nowhere every single year and my type my top priority waiver running back this week is going to be miles gaskin running back from the Miami Dolphins. So he's currently has a 47% ownership according to Yahoo. And uh, yeah, looking over that week three, I mentioned uh, with Fitzpatrick, but 22 rushing attempts, 66 rushing yards, also had five targets for five receptions and 29 receiving yards. So, I mean, although I mentioned uh, Seattle is a pass funnel defense this year, I explained in the, the Fitzpatrick claim. I mean, Gaskins should see success in the passing game as well. As opposing offenses actually have targeted the running back position against the Seahawks on 29 occasions over these first three weeks. So 29 total passing attempts to the running back position over the first three weeks of the season. So basically 10 per game if you're doing the math. I know not exactly. I don't need a, a math nerd in the comments talking to me about that. But yeah, I mean, that, that's a ton of volume to the running back position. And for a guy like Gaskin, who has actually locked up the lead back role in both the rushing and receiving aspect for the Dolphins, I mean, he's just going to have a game script where he's going to be able to produce against the Seahawks. So, I mean, if you're actually talking about Gaskin, the player, He's actually been really impressive, really, really impressive over these first few weeks. I mean, you gloss over the numbers, what, 66 rushing yards, 29 receiving yards. I mean, they're not crazy numbers. They're not a crazy fantasy output day. But, man, he like if you actually watch the game, he looked efficient. He was hitting the holes hard. He was good and involved in the receiving game. And, I mean, for a team that signed Jordan Howard in free agency and actually traded draft compensation, I believe it was a fifth-round pick, for Matt Breda, I mean, Gaskin is just – the one that's actually done something with his role. I mean, if you're actually looking at his overall role on the team, for example, he's played in 65% or more snaps in every single game this year. So, I mean, for a team that literally everybody expected to be split up between Jordan Howard and Matt Breda, well, Gaskin has actually been the one who's surprised a lot of fantasy owners. So um, if you're looking at him, I think from now on, he should be viewed as a weekly RB3 with RB2 type upside given the matchup, in my opinion. Because, I mean, he's just seen ridiculous usage. People don't want to give him the respect because of his name, because if he's a lower name, maybe you can get him cheaper, as I'll mention, in the fat potential. But I think he could be a really sneaky good option, especially in any type of PPR format, given his involvement in the passing game. So if you're looking at fat potential, 
I think 35% may honestly get him done. I mean, I would probably even be willing to bid more if you're in an absolute pinch at the running back position. But 35% for a guy that most fantasy owners or most fantasy managers may not even like recognize because who knows Miles Gaskin if you're a casual fantasy football player. 35% may get it done. And for a guy who has RB3 flex type appeal in Gaskin, I think that's going to be a steal. So go steal him on your waivers if you can get him, for, especially for this cheap. Uh, I think he could be a really good value weeks on end given his type of usage in that Miami offense. So definitely love Gaskin. So going into the actual next uh, waiver wire addition uh, or pickup, we're going to talk about Jeff Wilson running back from the San Francisco 49ers. So he's currently at 22% ownership according to Yahoo. So just glossing over his week three, actually at the Giants at MetLife. Man, speaking of MetLife and the Niners, they've had some incredibly shitty luck on that field. Tons of injuries. We just saw on Sunday as well, Jordan Reed actually go down. And uh, I'll mention Jarek McKinnon, but he went down with a rib injury as well. But if you're looking at Jeff Wilson against the Giants, his overall stat line, so not not particularly impressive on the ground. If you'll say 12 attempts, 15 rushing yards, did have a rushing touchdown to kind of salvage that part of his game. But if you're actually looking at the efficiency on the receiving end, Three targets, three receptions, 54 receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown. So week four, he actually heads into uh, – or he's playing Philly at home. So the Eagles run D, to be quite honest, has been stifling to start the year. If you're actually looking at it, holding, they held Joe Mixon to 3.42 yards per touch last week. I mean, if you do get Jeff Wilson off the waivers, he's, this is not exactly a matchup I trust uh, Wilson to thrive in, given the pass funnel nature of the Eagles defense. We all know with Philly right now, you can't run the ball against them, but unless you're not, unless you're throwing at Darius Slay, their pass defense is basically wide open. So if you're actually looking at uh, why you should be picking up Jer- uh, yeah, Jeff Wilson, sorry. Jarek McKinnon did exit that Sunday game versus the Giants again, as I mentioned, with that rib injury. And that's honestly something to monitor as we head into week four. So given the overall injured landscape of the 49ers backfield, I mean, I, I've mentioned multiple times last week, actually, Jarek was my top waiver wire pickup. Raheem Mostert's out. Tevin Coleman's out. If Jarek McKinnon actually misses any time, I mean, Jeff Wilson is an intriguing option. He was able to garner 15 total touches in that blowout against the Giants. And um, just in general, Wilson will become a must-back to own given that uh, pedigree of being in the San Francisco offense if the McKinnon injury is actually scary as we initially think. So overall, if you're talking about fat potential, I would say at this given moment, probably around 10 to 15% because it's still a valuable role in a one of the best committees in the entire NFL. If you're talking about Jeff Wilson, even if McKinnon is healthy, I do think he'll have a significant role on the team, potentially getting 10 to 15 touches per game. But if McKinnon were to miss any time, if you are on Tuesday, you're setting your waiver wire claims and McKinnon is set to be ruled out for Sunday or for the next couple of weeks in particular, I would go probably similar to Gaskin, probably a little bit less. I'd say about 25 to 30% on Wilson if that does become the case. But at this current point, with what I know, give me 10 to 15 type uh, percent potential on uh, what I would be able to bid on Wilson. So he's definitely a worthwhile pickup, in my opinion, even if McKinnon is uh, ruled healthy because he did have involvement even with McKinnon in the game. So next option we're going to be talking about, I'm going to a little segue off of uh, Jeff Wilson, but Rex Burkhead running back from the New England Patriots at 11% ownership. So, I mean, he was phenomenal in week three. Week three against the Las Vegas Raiders, if you look at it, six rushing attempts for 49 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. 
10 targets, seven receptions, 49 receiving yards, and another receiving touchdown. So three total touchdowns, 98 yards from scrimmage, and 10 targets for Rex Burkhead. So week four, he does play the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, they've been kind of middle of the road against opposing running backs thus far. And uh, they're just not a defense that I'm, I'm particularly scared of. If you need to play Burkhead in a pinch, and yeah, like I wouldn't be opposed to that. Like he can definitely be a worthwhile flex play for you, even as soon as week four, in my opinion. So, I mean, the reason why he's kind of lower on this list, he's a fine option. He just may be overpriced given the enormous week he's coming off of. Casual fantasy player will sort it by week three, uh, week three production. They'll see that this guy had over 30 fantasy points last week, and they'll, big, they'll bid big. That's just what happens in a lot of casual leagues. But the problem that I do have with Burkett is he's still in the Patriots backfield. And we know that the nature of the Patriots backfield under Bill Belichick has a lot of volatility week to week and who actually produces at the running back position. One week, it could be Rex Burkett. Next week, it could be Sony Michelle. The week after, say Dwayne Harris comes off of IR, or not Dwayne Harris, uh, Damon Harris comes off of IR. James White returns. I mean, realistically, we can't really predict who's going to break out every week, which kind of gives me some concern with Burkhead. And if you're talking about fab potential, I do think 15%, in my opinion, is probably an optimal range for um, Rex Burkhead, around 12 to 15%, let's just say. Uh, and that's simply because of that history of the ba- Patriots backfield committee. If he was in a different situation and we could rely on this guy week to week, I would definitely be willing to give more than 15%. But Bill Belichick, you cannot predict that guy. Although Burkett had a fantastic week this week, it just so happens to be you plug him into your lineup next week. He has three total touches because we've seen that multiple times from the Patriots. So um, with James White indefinitely out, we don't know when he's going to return. Obviously, uh, safe thoughts and prayers in your... Co- Actually, do, do this in the comment section. If you made it this far in the video... Make sure you leave your thoughts and prayers for James White, James White and his family, because if you haven't heard of the situation, it's a very tragic situation. His father actually passed away in a car accident. His mother's critical in critical condition. So he's been spending time with his family, making sure everything's all right. So say your prayers, say, say you love your loved ones, because in reality, we never know when something scary like that can happen to us. So, um, but with him out indefinitely, I mean, I know I don't want to brush it off, but um, we'll just get back to the fancy football aspect. Don't really, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, okay. Burkhead back to Burkhead. That's his price tag at 15% of my opinion, because again, we don't know when James White is ultimately going to make his return. So, um, yeah, going into the honorable mentions, we'll talk about the Seahawks backfield a little bit in particular Hyde and Homer. So Carlos Hyde and Travis Homer talking about overall ownership percentages in Yahoo again, 19% and 1% respectively. The reason why they're not in the actual section is because we don't necessarily know the timeline for the Carson injury. And I do believe if Carson is fully healthy, he's going to uh, continue as the lead back on this team, garnering most of the touches. So, um, but if he misses any time again, Hyde and Homer are definitely worthwhile additions still. So uh, if he gets rolled out on Tuesday, say he's out a couple weeks, I'd definitely be more intrigued in being willing to bid, we'll say, 20% on Hyde given the overall volume. And if you can get if you can get Homer for about 5 to 10%, I do think that he can definitely give you some sneaky PPR value because he is the leader for the lead, uh, the receiving back role if that were to happen to Carson. So, um, again, before we get into wide receivers, if you made it this far in the video, make sure you go like down below really helps us out on this channel in terms of growing again just reached 1.8 thousand subscribers appreciate you guys a ton a lot of the new and old supporters of the channel and uh yeah go leave that like button comment down below who your favorite waivers are of this week who you're going to be targeting 
And if you're new to the channel, just seeing this for the first time, make sure you go click that subscribe button again. Um, it really helps us out on the channel, helps us grow. We started this in about late March. So glad to see a lot of you enjoying our content, but, um, yeah, I had to do the little quick plug, but uh, let's get back to the video and give you guys the information you need to attack your waiver wire for the week. So going into the wide receiver position, I'm actually going to be mentioning Justin Jefferson, wide receiver from the Minnesota Vikings first at 30% ownership, according to Yahoo. So his week three against Tennessee, we all know what he was able to do at this point, but just glossing it over for people that don't seven receptions on nine targets for 175 receiving yards and one touchdown. Week four goes up against the Houston Texans, who, quite frankly, they're just not something to fear, in my opinion. I mean, this is a battle of 0-3 teams, and Jefferson should be able to do some damage against this Texans unit. So I would honestly consider him a flex play even as soon as week four, in my opinion, given the usage last week, the definitely the definite coming out party that he had as a rookie receiver. Again, struggled the first two weeks, but he definitely looked in his groove in week three. So if you're actually looking at it, he more than doubled his week one and two combined output in that blow up week three performance. We don't know why it happened, but the reason why I'll say it happened is because I was actually playing against him in a league. So take that as you will. No, it's just jokes. But uh, given the actual clear opportunity on the team of a number two target in the passing game for the Vikings offense, Jefferson is a must own in my opinion in any league. And he really looked like he was, he felt comfortable operating as Adam Thielen's compliment. So I obviously can't expect nine targets, 175 yards out of your week, but I definitely feel like he can have a big role in that Vikings passing game. So we're talking about fat potential, I would say around 30% to him, to be honest, maybe 35%. I mean, he looks like the real deal and he could definitely provide you solid value as even your wide receiver four on your fantasy teams. If you're able to get that uh, with flex appeal on any given week for 30 to 35% of your fab in week four, I definitely think that's a worthwhile addition. So go target Justin Jefferson. I definitely think it feel like you can make a big difference on your fantasy football rosters. Week two or option two. We're going to be talking about T Higgins wide receiver from the Cincinnati Bengals currently at 5% ownership. So looking at week three against the Philadelphia Eagles at Philly five receptions for 40 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns is all nice, but man, nine targets is what really gets me excited about this player. So week three, he plays the, or week four, sorry. He plays the Jacksonville Jaguars. My bad. Sorry about that. Uh, let me just adjust that. Aside from the play of standout rookie uh, CJ Henderson, we all know he's been actually really good as a cover corner in his rookie year thus far. But um, the Jaguars as a whole have really been exploitable on defense against the pass. And we've seen recent performances. I mean, Paris Campbell and Corey Davis in recent weeks where there's been receivers to have success against this defense. So if you're looking at actually Higgins in terms of his overall play, so he looks really good against Philly and he actually ranked second on the team in targets this week. Only behind Tyler Boyd. We all know what Tyler Boyd is, an automatic option in the slot for Joe Burrow. I mean, if T. Higgins continues to develop the trust of Joe Burrow, as we saw on Sunday, I mean, this is an offense that can definitely produce a ton of uh, fantasy viable options, in my opinion. So, I mean, if you're looking at it, they're the most pass-happy team in the entire league currently. Joe Burrow is absolutely slinging the rock across the field. And I definitely feel like, given the overall volume available, T. Higgins can definitely uh, make his role on this team. So, Talking about fab potential, I, I said 30 to 35% on Jefferson. I'll go with around 15% personally for Higgins. Again, the usage and rapport with Burrow were definitely encouraging. That will make it a happy 15% owned again. If he does bust, at least 
okay, whatever, it's 15%. But ultimately, I just don't see him actually busting, to be quite honest, as at minimum the third option on the team. With the struggles of A.J. Green, could even develop into that number one outside threat at wide receiver, in my opinion, because A.J. Green has not looked like the same player. I mean, we've cited him multiple times on the channel as a potential regression candidate. Uh, he he struggled. He struggled so far. But we'll get off A.J. Green. We'll talk about T. Higgins, and he looked good. That's the reason why you pick him up. But uh, <laughs> Edwards Fantasy was just that simple. But <laughs> going into the third pickup, we're actually going to talk about another receiver who looked fantastic on Sunday. Actually, Sunday night football. We're talking about the Packers Saints game. And uh, Packers wide receiver, Alan Lazard, currently at 48% ownership, looked phenomenal. So we'll go over the stats, as you guys can see. But uh, six receptions for on eight targets for 146 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. Again, he does play the Falcons in week four. The Falcons are absolutely atrocious on the back, back end. And they just they don't stand a chance against a very efficient Green Bay Packers passing attack, uh, a passing attack thus far. I mean, if the Packers are able to make the Saints look like Swiss cheese on the back end, what are they going to make actual Swiss cheese look like in the Falcons defense? So they allow the third most overall points to the wide receiver position thus far. And uh, Falcons can't stop a nosebleed. So with Devontae Adams actually slated to come back next week, I do believe that Lazard could, can draw even more favorable coverage looks given that they're going to have to attend to that all-pro on the other side in Devontae Adams. So if you're actually looking at Lazard thus far this season, he's actually proven to be a consistent wide receiver two on the team thus far. And he's currently the wide receiver 26 overall in half PPR. So, I mean, we're not going to expect 146 receiving yards and eight touchdowns or eight targets. Not I wish we can get eight touchdowns, but eight targets every week. He's looked very good and very efficient, and Aaron Rodgers really seems to trust him. So, I mean, at this current point, I do think he can be a very productive flex option for your teams, given the usage we've actually seen over these past three games. So, if we're talking about fab potential, I would say similar to T. Higgins, I'd probably say about 10 to 15%. I mean, opportunity is absolutely there for him to uh, develop across from Adams, and he could be a very good tertiary option in the offense. I mean, we know Devontae Adams is a freak, and we know running back Aaron Jones is going to be the second option. So, I definitely think he can develop into that third option overall for the offense. So definitely like Alan Lazard. Honorable mention, we're going to talk about a receiver going to be Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver from the San Francisco 49ers at 26% ownership, actually plays against the Philadelphia Eagles this week. KJ Hamler, wide receiver from the Denver Broncos at 12% ownership, actually is playing on the road against an atrocious New York Jets defense. So keep an eye on that. And again, I mentioned uh, recording this before the Chiefs Ravens game, but keep an eye out on the Chiefs wide receiver usage. I mean, not 100% sure yet if Watkins is going to be ruled out or if he's going to play. But keep an eye on McCole Hardman uh, and uh, Demarcus Robinson. For some reason, I just feel like this is going to be a McCole Hardman game. I mean, he's going to have like a huge return play or he's going to catch like a 45 or 50-yard bomb from Mahomes. Whatever happens. But if you're looking at ownership, McCole Hardman is currently at 31%. And Demarcus Robinson is currently at 1%. And next week, they actually play against the New England Patriots. So we'll definitely see how that uh, develops itself. But if you're looking at tight ends, going to mention uh, my two biggest names first, and then we'll get into honorable mentions. But the first one, call me a homer. I know. It's going to be Dalton Schultz, tight end from the Dallas Cowboys at 31% ownership, according to Yahoo. Glossing over week three, again, uh, he did play against the Seattle Seahawks, but four receptions on six targets for 48 receiving yards. Not a crazy stat line, but it was encouraging from what I saw from him. But if you're actually looking at the, uh, the matchup against Cleveland, let me just break it down for you real quick because it's a very favorable matchup. Cleveland allowed the likes of Drew Sample, 
CJ Uzama, I mean, prior to his injury uh, two weeks ago, and Mark Andrews to absolutely exploit them at the tight end position to start the year. Yes, they, they did well against Logan Thomas, but not because it was Logan Thomas' fault, because Dwayne Haskins couldn't throw it on a broadside of a barn to save his life. But uh, Dalton Schultz should have a field day against these linebackers who just simply won't be able to keep up in the seam and cover a flight thus far. I mean, they, they, they haven't been able to cover the tight end position, plain and simple. I'd feel comfortable if I had to, to start him in a pinch as a top 15 tight end as soon as week four, given this matchup. If you're playing DFS, he can definitely be a sneaky option depending on price. I'm sure Bush and uh, Nick will get into that in the DFS show, but definitely like Schultz. I mean, what we expected from Jarwin, we've seen that type of role for Schultz thus far. I mean, we saw uh, week two against Atlanta, nine receptions on 10 targets for 88 yards and a touchdown. Last week, did garner the six targets. Four receptions, 48 yards. I definitely feel like he can have a role on an every week basis for the Dallas, the, eh, for this Dallas Cowboys team, especially with the trust that Dak has shown him thus far. So definitely exciting. I mean, 5% for him, definitely uh, worth a while bid in my opinion. I think he could be a top 15 option for you on an every week basis if this relationship ends up keeping itself up for the uh, rest of the season. But He's looked good thus far. I, I will tell you, from watching every game, from watching the past two weeks in particular of Dalton Schultz, he's looked like a good, efficient option for Dak Prescott, which is encouraging because I was I, – I, you guys don't even know how sad I was when Blake Jarwin went, ba- went down. But what we expected from Blake Jarwin is what we've seen from Dalton Schultz. I'm not going to touch into that anymore. But, yeah, go pick him up. 5% I think uh, should be able to get it done because not a lot of people are going to be talking about him. Um, Next option, second option of the tight end position. I'm actually going to be talking about Mo Ali Cox, tight end from the Annapolis Colts, at 1% ownership on Yahoo. Just ridiculous. He's going to be available in your leagues. If he's not, I'll be hella surprised. But talking about his output, week three against the New York Jets at home, three receptions on three targets for 50 yards and a touchdown. Week four, I mean, he does go on the road against Chicago. Chicago did hold Hayden Hurst to only one reception on three targets. And uh, they've just generally kind of been stingy against the tight end position mostly. I mean, it's not the best matchup overall for Ali Cox, but if he does have another breakout game, he'll be on the radars of the whole fantasy landscape, given his athletic prowess as a former rebounding god at VCU, as I'll get into. But Ali Cox has looked really good so, uh, so far. I mean, he's finally given the opportunity. We saw last year he was kind of hidden behind uh, Ebron and Doyle, but man, when Doyle missed the week against the Vikings, he like Ali Cox sees the opportunity. So if you're looking at it overall, I mean Doyle's back. Ali Cox actually outsnapped him this week, 36 to 32, and outproduced him overall. I mean Doyle had zero targets, and Ali Cox was able to garner three targets, 50 receiving yards, and a touchdown. So Philip Rivers has really grown to like this six foot eight beast who can absolutely stretch the seam. And uh, it just provides them, again, as I mentioned, a huge target down the seam, which Philip Rivers always has relied on in the past. So, I mean, he's definitely a name to watch over these uh, next few weeks. But if possible, in my opinion, get him cheap now while his price tag is going to be easily affordable as he's kind of still an unknown commodity. Because if he has another blow-up game where his price is just going to go through the roof, in my opinion, if he has another five for 100 and a touchdown game, everybody's going to be talking about this six foot eight beast, former basketball player and are going to be bidding up a storm. So if you're talking about fat potential, I think three to 5% may be able to get it done. I mean, um, if you're talking about uh, potential for Ali Cox, if he's able to keep this role as a tight end one, 
for the Colts, which he's looked like even with Doyle healthy. He could definitely be a really good steal. So uh, 3 to 5% should be able to get it done. Make sure you do it now if you have the opportunity to, because I do think this could raise to about 15 to 20% if he has another breakout type game. So take the risk on Ali Cox now while he's cheap before uh, his price explodes. So talking about honorable mentions, another, uh, another couple options I would look at on the waiver wire would be Jimmy Graham, tight end from Chicago. Definitely a good week. 10 targets, six receptions, 60 yards, and two touchdowns. And not a name to keep the or a name to keep your eye on. The thing with Jimmy Graham is I just don't I don't know. He's just, he's just Jimmy Graham. You know what I mean? Uh I know that's not great fantasy analysis right there, but he has these type of games every now and then that just make you think, oh, maybe he's gonna be another huge part of the whatever team he's part of his offense every single year. Like we saw with, we saw with the Packers, we saw with the Seahawks. I mean, I don't know if you can get it for cheap again, probably around three to 5% similar to Ali Cox. I would look at him, but he could definitely be a decent option for you against the Colts in my opinion. And a couple other options I'm going to mention are Eric Ebron tight end from the Pittsburgh Steelers currently at 27% ownership going on the road against the Tennessee Titans. And then Jordan Aikens tight end from the Houston Texans, uh, 6% ownership. He's actually going or playing at home against the Minnesota Vikings. So a couple other names to monitor honorable mentions at the tight end position. And uh, going to talk about my two absolute favorite streamers. Not a great week for streaming defenses. But uh, yeah, my streamable defenses of the week, as you guys can see. Uh, Broncos playing on the road against the Jets. Thursday night football. 36% ownership. It's just common knowledge at this point. Whoever plays the Jets, you want to play them. Because A, they are awful on offense and B they turn the ball over a ton so pick up the Broncos defense I know they have losses on defense that doesn't make it a great real life defense but again against the Jets I could be on defense and making a play to be quite honest that's how bad the Jets are but second option (coughs) would be the Cardinals on the road against the Carolina Panthers so 43% ownership if you're looking at Carolina overall I mean they have not been great on offense to be quite honest they're turning the ball over at a good a high rate, sorry. Um, and the Cardinals defense actually looked pretty decent overall. Again, not a great streaming week. I would much prefer the Broncos. But if you're able to look at the Cardinals, I do think they're going to have a sneaky good upside week against Carolina at 43% ownership currently. And uh, the honorable mention I'm going to say, again, this doesn't meet the criteria of our waiver wire video, which is why they're only in honorable mention. But they're, in 50, they're only owned in 57% of leagues. So if they're available, if you're in one of those 43% of leagues where the Rams defense going up against the Giants is not owned, go snag them because they are going to snap against uh, Daniel Jones at home. I mean, Daniel Jones is a turnover machine. The Giants have looked like a mess on offense. Go pick up the Rams because they have a very good overall defense. And Aaron Donald is absolutely going to dominate that game. Going to get a ton of sacks. We still have Jalen Ramsey, John Johnson, Taylor Rapp on the back end to make plays for errant Daniel Jones passes. And we all know that guy fumbles more than freaking, oh, he just fumbles the bag. I mean, whoa, what fumbles? I don't know. I wish I was witty enough to actually make a joke there, but you probably didn't even make it this far anyways. But anyways, I <laughs> uh, have to, to joke around a little bit. But if you made it this far in the video, again, uh, appreciate you guys a ton. Hoping to help you guys win your leagues. But these are my top week four waiver wire pickups. Make sure you go hop on that wire. You're probably going to be seeing this around Tuesday morning. Definitely go make those claims. Hope you guys enjoyed the video. Made it this far. Appreciate that a ton. Anyways, I will see you guys next Tuesday to talk about potential waiver wire options for week five. I mean, 
football is back football is already almost a quarter through the season which is just wild to think of so love football a ton hopefully my cowboys can get the win this sunday against the cleveland browns to go to two and two but aside from that peace out y'all see you later